Doomsday Roundtable, Part 5, recorded live February 10th, 2019. Now, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Doomsday Roundtable. We've got a full house today. There's me, there's Jay, there's Chris, there's Jim, there's Pat, there's Mikey. And there's no one new because she said we had to have subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> So today is episode five. We're talking about can we all agree that a CME hitting the earth is like the Carrington event is something that is going to happen eventually. Um, and if it were to happen this year, do you have a plan? Um, do you think most of the world, do you think most of the world would go dark? And I guess, um, do you think those people who live in third world countries and, and or already live without these things would do better? than the United States or non-third world countries, people who are insanely reliant on electricity. First world countries. Yes, first yeah. world. Is there a second world country? Uh, yeah. What is second world countries? Um, like Ireland or maybe um, Philippines. Okay, so Ireland's like the cool end. Yeah, you know, like they have some industrialized areas, but they also have some poor areas, but they're not first world necessarily oh, maybe, okay maybe iceland i think where they have education and stuff but they don't have a, a lot of infrastructure enough. so they're better they're <laughs> i mean <laughs> they would actually be in a pretty good position i think to, to do well okay okay so do we agree that something like the carrington event a cme i'm not talking emp i'm not talking enemies I'm talking natural event that a CME is eventually going to happen in the realm of time. Yeah, well, there's, a historical, <laughs> there's a historical record of you now. Yeah, 1859 the Carrington event. So we know it's happened once, right? Well, it's happened well, a few it. times, yeah. but to that extent, yeah, to that extent. And I was just reading about a guy, Nick Hodgson, was talking that. According to him, NASA says that there is a 12% chance of a CME hitting every 10 years. So it seems awfully high when you think of 360 degrees of the Earth's circumference and 360 degrees of the Sun's circumference. You got to have the right, Earth's got to be in the right spot for the Sun to fire one at us and we're in the target zone. Well, I think we see Lynn. Glancing blows pretty regularly because oh, yeah, yeah. you're seeing the aurora every time you see aurora borealis, that's basically a glancing blow, right? It's like a miniature one, yeah, right. right. And they do large, yeah, but that's beautiful happen. and not devastating, yeah, at all. That, yeah. <laughs> it's not designed Wait. to take you out, <laughs> right? Oh, how pretty clean, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and we've seen really big ones happen, they just were pointed in a different directions, right? They just had that one that they was pointed in the opposite direction. So right. The, the UK express.com, the doomsayer that they, they're just like the, they're just like the uh, National Enquirer of, uh, of uh, rags. I think we touched on it before just a few years ago, uh, 2012. Yeah. 2012, we missed one that would have been devastating by two weeks. Oh, yeah. We were just, the sun went boom and the earth went. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just made this right, yeah. right. Okay, so so we're gonna agree that eventually. I mean, no. I mean, you mean no, no, because there's always gotta... that four out of five dentists. So you got to be that <laughs> right, dentist. right. There's got to be somebody, right? <laughs> Somebody's got to say no. Yeah. Okay, and if it were to happen within the next year, do you think if it was to happen to that extent, as Karen said, do you think the whole world would go dark? Uh, not, maybe not the whole world. I don't know. I mean, third world country would be like, didn't notice. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, like if you're in the jungle and you've been doing the same things the same way for, you know, hundreds, thousands of years, you don't care. I mean, you're like, eh. You know, long... so there are parts of the world, but they're already dark then. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Parts yeah, of the world wouldn't even know thing. what the hell has happened. They might right. go, it's our turn now, kind of like with cockroaches. Right. You know. So I, I think that in the industrialized world, oh, yeah. But I think that the smaller places around the world, some if you happen to be on the right side of the globe, or the right position, the right place, you may not notice it. You might just think it's some sort of strange electrical anomaly that just happened.
catastrophic to you, you may not even realize it. That's a good point I hadn't even thought of. So if you are a little island and you have your own power source, then you probably can recover from this a lot quicker. Yeah. yeah. That's if you're on the other side of the hip. That's the earth spinning <laughs> and rotating. Right, but something like the Carrington event, that went over the globe to the point where even in the Falklands they could see the uh, Aurora Borealis. Oh. So, you know, they were seeing it up and down. So something like that, and really the only thing we had then was telegraph. Yeah, pretty much. So, and, and it trashed it. Yeah, but was it the, the Aurora Borealis or the Aurora Australis that they were seeing because the Falkland Islands was so far south? No, no. It was from the CME that hit. So it would technically be Aurora Borealis. Yeah. Right. So I think if you are in the right part of the world, a country like, say, Philippines that might now have lots of independent power sources, like their own little solar power grids here and there, they might be able to recover well enough that they're facing the right direction. Um, you know, or if you're the other side of the solar southern half of the planet, um, you know, and you're somewhere in South America and you have, uh, you know, far enough up into the Andes or something like that, you know, you could, I would think that you would be not so affected and be able to power up again pretty quickly. But I think the Western world, as we like to think of it, I think there'd be such a chain reaction that grid would go down and we'd have a really hard time getting it back up just because we're stumbling over our own two feet. Right. The amount of chaos. Yeah, just the chaos in itself would prohibit us from starting up again as people start to fight for food and other stuff. The, the process of rebuilding our industry would be hard. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. So in that regard, when we move to the third world countries and we start looking at them, or the second world countries even, didn't even think about that, um, do you feel like they'd be better off? Well, I think the second world countries will just be like, eh, no big deal, we'll just do what we did last year, you know, because they're not, they're yeah, already, well, sorry, they're behind already. Right. So they'd be in a mass panic. Yeah. They, oh, well, would, they would just be like, oh. And the second world country's yeah, population right. is, and the second world country's population is going to be that Right. right. That's yeah. a, third world country is going to be that dense. You know, yeah. I mean, you can still consider most of India to be a third world country, but they also have a nuke, you know, multiple nukes. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> they're it's not as industrialized as a as country as you would think, even though they've got a populace that is uh, everywhere. They do have lots of people, and a lot of those people live in a very poor state. I was just hearing that their average lifespan is something a little bit more than 50 years old, but they still have a lot of people who live like us well into their 90s. They have masses of people out there who are just not local to, you know, good power sources and things of that sort. So I think places like India would, you know, wouldn't, some of them wouldn't really notice the cities and things like that. I think, would oh, yeah. I think they'd notice as soon as some of the aid, not, maybe not India, but some of the other ones. From something you had said before, that uh, they might notice as soon as their aid stops coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of aid from us, you mean? Like, <coughs> right. I think that would affect a lot of the world. Right. Because I think places like you know, us, um, Britain, France, um, <coughs> Russia, I think that they might be, we all might be in the same boat. These places who are trying to do other things. And even China, could you imagine that? Yeah. With all those people who are living in those confined, how long, how much disease is going to run rampant there without flowing water right. and electricity? Yeah, because they live on top of each other. Like, yeah, literally. They've also got a solid amount of pollution that they can't deal with that they've already generated. So I think it's going to be any better. Yeah. The idea is to push it further down the river and see what happens next. Mm -hmm. A lot of federal countries are also relying on machinery, machinery such as diesel trucks, diesel trucks that match the meters of a whole country screeching halt. So a lot of the federal countries you'll start to see have serious dire issues. They might not be relying necessarily on an electrical grid, but they are relying on trucks that require electrical power computers to operate said vehicles. So in a mass solar flare, you're literally halting their only lifeline to the outside world or from the outside world. Um, 
you'll see a lot of third world countries just not there for their technology because even third world countries have become reliant in some way, shape, or form on technology. Now, if you're talking about somewhere out in like South Sudan, you know, Africa, places like that, they might do the same as they always did. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my, my donkey didn't fall over when the electricity yeah. went out. But I mean, if you see places like Haiti, for example, Haiti, believe it or not, they still rely on, on food trucks and food supplies from the outside world. If that stops coming, Haiti's, he's screwed. Mm -hmm. Right, they're right. screwed. Yeah. yeah. And, and same thing with, you know, they're, they're going to have a lot of first world problems at that point. It really puts them up at the playing field. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's ultimately they're not as prepared for events like this. They don't have food reserves. They don't have anything like that. They're going to run out of them quick. Just so reliant on everybody else. That's what exactly. it really comes down to. I mean, it's really what it is. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, technology is also provided not only an aid to them, but in this case, a vast hindrance because once technology just fries, then there's. Well, they won't have any. They won't have access to their their natural resources that they've been plundering for decades. You know, if you don't have the technology to get to it anymore or, or a way of selling it or tra transporting it or what have you, uh, the, the money dries up, aid dries up, you dry up. Okay, so I'm going to throw a spin in here. Upset you because you are my notebook, my notebook guy. <laughs> so my spin here is, okay, so we have an idea that the third world countries some in some places like those small tribes it's just every day as normal they may not even know why is everybody happen. freaking out i mean <laughs> right <laughs> they're coming here for help and we're just we just got yeah. ebola that's that's all we've got yeah. <laughs> that's all we can offer that's all we've got we've got we've got ebola but, uh, <laughs> okay so we're going to come back into these countries where we are so amazingly reliant. Now I'm thinking about things that can be, because we're agreeing that something like this is eventually going to happen. So it's not a if technology fails, it's a when technology fails. So how difficult if you were a small scale, like say you wanted to go We'll, we'll say state, not state by state, that might be too large, um, county by county, or, or uh, what do they call them? They're not counties in uh, parishes. Yeah, They're parishes. Louisiana. Right. If you went place by place like that, and you said, okay, we are going to do redo our power to protect our part of the grid, and to be able to cut off from the rest of it, because we know that the grid is like water. So when one part goes, the rest of it's screwed. Yeah. How difficult and how time consuming do you think that that would really be in regards of a project to happen now? I'm not, be, I'm not really seeing that one because it's, it, there's so much, the reason why you've got power generating stations so far and wide is because it's not cost effective to have it in your backyard. You know, you've got a coal fired plant, you've got a hydroelectric plant, you've got, you know, nuclear plant. Um, you know, granted, they're trying to pull back and go, okay, everybody's got the little solar arrays and everything like yeah. that. You're trying to be off the grid and stuff like that. But I don't think county to county, you would even work that because, say, where we are, we've got a nuclear power plant, but that, that trans, those transmission lines go far, far afield. Right. Um, I don't see a nuclear power station being pulled back online if everything gets wiped out because I don't think anybody really want to go near the joint. Um, well, what I'm, yeah, but I'm, I mean, okay, so yeah, we have the nuclear power plant, and then all of 50 mi miles up the road, there's Ogden and, and up in Morton, uh -huh. and that's another power plant. Uh -huh. I mean, we do have, okay, so let's say that each state has whatever they have, or each area has whatever they have. And they could quarter it off or cut it into pie pieces to literally make it so that there is a break point. Because that's what you'd need, isn't it? Yeah, you would need. Yeah. You're talking about a new defense system against it against the CMA, again? right? Oh, okay. Right. So that you could say, okay, so if it went boom, because in all honesty, if it went boom and it hits New York and it takes out New York and it takes out, uh, you know, Maryland or whatever. It's going to roll and cause more effects. Right. Mm -hmm. It's going to start. To, 
because when they're not using enough, then there's too much over here. Right. Right. So then the stuff starts blowing up on them. All right. There's a ripple effect. If it's anywhere, it goes everywhere. Right. So, so is there a way to, do you think it would be feasible to stop the ripple? Is it, because we can't go through and change everything. I mean, that, that would be a lifetime. Well, I mean, I think, is it, is it, um, is it feasible? Probably, but I think probably the biggest thing that's going to stop it from happening is money. I mean, but I would think that money, yeah. but in, in regards of how much it would cost, I, I think that the putting a break point in, in these areas where, you know, this power plant has this much space that it, I don't know if they could lower the amount of, like they could feed it so they can go, oh my gosh. So we put the break point here, we lower it to the amount that we just need. I don't know if they get, if that's even feasible. Right. But I, think, I think part of the problem is that it's such a it's such a, a global hit you just took. You can't narrow it down to your block. Um, I think it overwhelms the system all at once. Right. And because of that, there is no breakpoint. There's really no way to buffer it. There's no way to buffer it. Yeah. yeah. It's to, it's not cost effective to buffer it. They're they're, they're rolling the dice. Well, they're rolling dice, and I'm losing games though. Yeah. At the same time, they're they're they've got. Somebody's got a uh, notebook somewhere in the uh, yeah in the government. Uh, yeah. Someone somewhere. Heaven forbid it's with FEMA. Um, and uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. So, <laughs> is it technologically possible? I just don't know. I mean, if yeah. you if you have a CME that's covering the Earth, you got enough time. They can shut things down to protect it. But I don't think after after the fact, you can you stop it from perpetuating. I, I don't know what that technology is. You need to have somebody who's highly specialized to answer that question. But, um, well, if you're highly specialized, I don't care when you see it. <laughs> let us know. They're not going to tell you because it's all top secret and it's come from Area 51.2 <laughs> or something. 51.2. <laughs> so, That's the new improved 51. Uh, 51.2. Well, they said they moved. I, thought, did I, hear, I heard somebody said they moved it. I don't know. I don't pay attention. It's a real stuff. practical way of under a lot of lead, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, that requires a lot of money that I just don't think the government's willing to dish out just for a just in case that it hasn't happened since the Carrington event, really. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, in the grand scheme of things, Carrington event's not that long ago. No, it's not, but it is long ago, comparatively speaking, to the day and age of electricity technology. Right, which just makes it more and more terrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if, if there is not the technology to stop it, um, is it possible then to prepare to bring it back to life quickly? Yeah. You know, like you have all the spare parts laying around so that, oh, it happened. That would be they, cool, but I, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. That would be smart. It, it takes six months for the Siemens Corporation in Germany to make the the transmission set up, transmission to another network. And then they've got to put that on a barge, and they've got to put it on a boat, and then they've got to halfway around the world to get into China. Only this time they'll be doing it months. without GPS. Yeah. They're going to have to break out the old uh, navigation maps. Yes. Oh, yeah. Slide rules. I'm going to yeah. do it the hard way. Yeah. That star. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. That makes me want to go invest in some paper maps. You should. Yeah. 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 Always have paper maps. When I first started driving a cab, I had to use one. Yeah. You radio dispatch and be like, where's this at? And be like, get a map. Yeah. You're off the rails. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 okay, so I'm going to say that this was kind of a quick, We, unless you've got something in there, in your notes, like nope. some crazy hidden thing. Nope, go for it. Just check in. <laughs> I'm still throwing us off. There's because, lots of craziness in here. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm still throwing us off a bit because uh, I think that we've, yes, we've agreed. I think we, it's a, it's a mishmash whether or not these third world countries would do better or worse because a lot of them do rely on us. Mm-hmm. A lot of them do rely on aid. Um, of course, I threw out that crazy question of could we block it off? Could we possibly find some way to isolate ourselves? And none of us know because we're just not that person. Hydro generators in place. Hydro generators. Well, that's, yeah. that's right. yeah. I can I can hook my own house up. You know, it's funny when you guys said that. I was thinking that you know, it's just fair for me. But I was thinking that what if I mean. Okay, so a nuclear explosion, it ripples out. 
okay, what if it acts like water and you had like a clean air bomb that you could set off near you that would push the radiation and the cloud away from your location? A clean air bomb. I'm talking about like after it's blown up? Yeah, it's, it's exploded. You know, it's common. You set off a clean air bomb. So you have a highly pressurized container of air. Right. That just... And it basically, yeah, in a, in a radius, blows off. So it's a radiation compression grenade, a compression bomb. Okay, if you guys know how to do this, let us know. Problem is, you have to then push a column of air to the stratosphere. You know how heavy yeah. a column mm-hmm. of air is. It'll yeah. buy you a couple of seconds. Clear bombs go off right. But it is, is that at, that crap is in the atmosphere, and that atmosphere moves around the planet. The fallout's still going to come. Yeah, it'll, it'll buy fallout's you seconds. What's going to kill you? Yeah, right. fallout's. <laughs> but the initial blast. The initial blast is kind of like the the uh, MythBusters did. The guy who supposedly had fallen out of a B twenty four proliferator <laughs> over France. Uh, you know, plane got hit. He falls out, but just as he's falling from ten thousand feet, uh, he's heading through to a, uh, a railway terminal. It's covered in glass. It's a big old railway place, and somebody detonates a bomb inside the railway terminal, and that shockwave supposedly cushioned him enough that he survived from ten thousand feet. But it was made of glass. Wouldn't it shred him? It blew the glass out before he came through. Oh. Same kind of idea, but they never found the guy who actually. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, no, it's no, just an idea. About, <laughs> about, like, during it might buy you some time. I think, I think blowing, right. like, setting stuff on fire to eliminate the oxygen, stop the fire. Yeah, fire that's, break is nice. That, that's what I think. I don't think, oh, good, clean air. I think, nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sudden vacuum. Right. But, yeah, that's well, actually, yeah. yeah. That would create a sense of air. It's sucking in. Isn't that pulling it in faster? Pull that. But if there's no air, if I can suck in the air, what if I can suck in the air? Over there to pull the clean air over to me. I don't think that would work. Only because, I mean, you're sucking in the, the dirty air. Where, where are you getting the clean air from? No, well, because, I mean, okay, so you're I've got space balls food. in my head and the big maid. That's great. Okay, so, so your bomb went. She's been set to blow. <laughs> so, you, so your bomb goes boom, right? Mm-hmm. It goes boom, and then it mushrooms out. But it's not over here. Right. Okay. So if I set off enough bombs, just bombs. Trying to push bombs. it the other way. Bombs. Right. Well, just bombs. So non-nuclear bombs. I'm assuming. Non-nuclear bombs. Clean air bombs. Just bombs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, From Moab. Right. Trying to like make the force right. it this way. Right. right. I want to force it. Like a, like a what, I, what I want to do. Yeah, like a clean yeah. air bomb. Yeah. Sure, we'll call it. That. But if you like, like, like a shape sponsored chart. by Glade, yeah, does it smell good too? If there is a right now, it smells like poopery. <laughs> okay, this way I like this idea. Oh boy, we ran with that one. Maybe instead of having that uh, air freshener at our jobs, that they drop it in first, uh-huh. it would just be clean air bombs. Yeah, anyway. I think that's fabulous. Yeah, all right. Back on track, sorry. No, I liked it. <laughs> I was trying to think for a minute. See what happens? See what happens when I think? I'm stopping right now. <laughs> but could we use clean air bombs to push pollution to somebody else? Right. To the, yeah. To the right. Third that's maybe that's what we should do. To the third world islands. Yeah. Because right. you know, screw okay. them. Well, no, I mean, I'm not talking like, I'm not talking like a huge bomb. I'm talking a bomb that's big enough to make your compound Right, that's what I'm saying. If I can pull, just me, your compound. If I can pull, because if I'm pulling, if I'm making a big airspace, a big vacuum, right? Then the vacuum wants to suck air into it, right? It wants to suck stuff into it. Okay, so if I'm on the right, if I'm on the correct side of that bomb, like, but I guess I'd have to actually do it on the other side. Meaning, okay, so yes, that right, makes sense. Right, so You're it, drawing it away from you. Right, I'm drawing it away. So. Let's say, let's say that, boom, DC went up, right? And I go, boom, and I blow up all of the, that part of the Eastern Shore of Maryland, <laughs> part of New York. And then pull it that way? And I pull it that way. I mean, sorry, guys, but I feel it's like out to the ocean. I mean, yeah. so, like so, so, so who cares about anybody else? You're worried about yourself. So, so what are they 
Well, I'm trying to take it to the water, so I don't know if that's good or bad. You're ruining the fish. We're not going to scallops anymore. Domes are not easy to come by. You know, I don't think a big bomb the size of whatever to push the nuclear blast over there is any it's easier. It's not easy to come it by is. either. Look at the I, Boston Marathon. It's very easy. You okay, just don't I put need a trap going. I, well, yeah. I need a bigger bomb than that, though. Why? I mean, well, I mean, it's yeah. a little bit bigger, but. Okay, but we weren't even talking about nuclear bombs. How did this happen? That was horrible. That was a horrible thing. And they drove pieces of shrapnel and took people's legs off. Well, yeah, it's a pretty big blast, but it's not a, it's not going to come out of nuclear blast. In a, in a situation like that, you don't give a shit about anybody else. Well, I'm the, saying the, what he's saying is that the nuclear bomb, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna take up what first it hits X amount of miles out, mm-hmm. then it hits X amount of miles out. So right, but that great. ripple, that ripple is going to be weakened as it goes. By the time it hits us, it may not be as strong. Well, you also have to think that that ripple is going that gust of wind. Um, depending on how far it is, you're still getting clean air to you. It's really the fallout after the fact that's going to kill you. So, letting off whatever bomb you have to let off, first off, like he said, your bomb has to go to the stratosphere because all that all that radioactive ash is going up into the stratosphere, and that's the wind currents that are carrying. It's not the wind currents down on sea level or or our level. It's the wind currents up there. So. You can let off your bomb, and it's just going over top of your bomb, going, mm, I don't care, and it's going to drop right down on you. And then you're going to have to let off an assortment of bombs until it eventually goes away. At that point, right. it's just... The ash travels a lot slower than the actual ripple. The uh, ripple's going to yeah. be the first thing. Right. Right. You've you got a pressure wave, but what you, what you mean, for one thing, you are missing, even in, your, even in the clean air bomb, which I still think is fantastic, actually, is heat. Yeah. Is heat. Yeah. You can't be anywhere near it when the sun gun goes off, because you'll end up with a sunburn. Pretty quick. If you don't haven't been blasted to pieces by his okay, own person. Yeah, right. about setting off in New York and right. us being where we're at. Right. Are we going to feel all the heat? It depends on the size. Probably not. Probably not. Right. I mean, we might get a warm breeze. So he's not really. But in all it. reality, if it's set off in New York and it's small enough, it's not going to affect oh, us. Yeah. What's going to affect us is what hits the atmosphere. Yeah, the ash that he's speaking of. The fear factor of a nuclear bomb is nuclear fallout, not the blast. Did you ever watch the videos of the bombs hitting like Nagasaki? Absolutely. And stuff? Yeah. Everything's just gone. Right. Yeah. And right. it was, okay, it was a above ground. Gets to us, if we can set off a clean air bomb. Somebody's going to invent a clean air bomb. I mean, I know it's all. Maybe it's several of them. But somebody's actually going to call that a neutron bomb. We're, we're actually just like throwing out which is a combination of a fusion and a fission. I don't think it's going to be feasible. No, I don't. But it's an idea. I like you know. Chop it up. Yeah, no. They already found the God particle, so it could be feasible to find a clean air bomb. Not any more far fetched than us actually surviving some shit like this. Well, okay, I'm going to survive if it's not nuclear and if it's not a biological attack of something that I'm actually susceptible to. Other than that, I, I, yes, I am going to survive it. You turn my power off, I'm, I'm fine. That's another thing we should do. We should do a chapter of why, why, why bother? We're all going to die anyway. Well, well, I mean, no, but why bother? The way that the world is going to be, you're only going to be want to be in your little contained well, area. Yeah, but we've also discussed how the, some people are. We've already done that with some how some of the people are going to act. Yeah, they're going to jump out of buildings. It's right. going to happen. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I mean, the people who survive, what do they have to look for? Mad Max, dude. <laughs> the Thunderdome. Don't you want to live through that? Two men in or or what if? Just what if this is the way that the steampunk era actually like comes into being? <laughs> God, that would that would well, be so horrible. horrible. I'd rather. Go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want the world to go on. If steampunkers coming in, I want out. You don't want to have like big, huge <laughs> copper and no. bronze zeppelins flying through the air. No. That's gonna be fabulous. Cool. I think it sounds kind of cool. I'm with you, man. <laughs> but the. Uh, what well, I think Fritz Lang and Metropolis and, and whatever before we did cartoons. Yeah. Great. Well, I mean, I think personally that the reason Big that people want to go hats. on is because we're people and, and life finds a way. Yeah. Right. So right. you know I'm just thinking quality of life. I mean, something like that happens, it's almost like you have cancer. Do you well, think that in these third and second world countries that and especially in countries that no longer are getting support from governments one way or the other. Do you think that it is like 
just a matter of time before revolution takes place. And all of the poor people just are so tired. They're just like, screw everything, and they take over. Well, after or before? After. I'm just going to say before. Say before that's before is probably yeah. pretty feasible. Before is the reason for the aid to all the other groups yeah. inside, uh, that, that, inside yeah. that third world yeah. country is to see who can supply the most people with the most interesting check. Look at Syria. Yeah, who knows how many groups are involved? Yeah, yeah. So it's every day. You know, uh, the Sandinistas in Nicaragua during the eighties. Yeah, you know, uh, know, all the lovely time that you know Reagan said, "I'm not sending anything to anybody." Bullshit. (laughs) Ali North, how you doing? I would want to survive, and I would think that eventually life would get back to normal. I mean, just because we have to go back to living like we did. A couple hundred years ago, that didn't mean they had bad lives. It just nah. they didn't. Right, you have to better. change your normal stuff. Yeah, a lot of ways it was probably better. Absolutely, no yeah. GMO foods, man. Right, they're not killing you slowly. I mean, you would have a very their you, song. You would have a mass amount of people dying left and right. That's for sure. Yeah, because the overpopulation really is based off of the fact that technological advances support life to live even longer. So you get a lot of people dying. There'd be a great downdraw of, of the human population. Um, but but just the sick ones anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's as messed up as it may sound. You're actually right. It's just the sick ones anyway. They're gonna they're they're gonna perish. Um, You'll end up having a lot of farmland uh, being the the the, the main the main economy. That people agrarian agrarian economy. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. right. That's everybody goes back to bartering, just like it was not even a farmland. Couple hundreds of years ago, it was about 150 years ago. You know, when we were still using lantern light, there was no cars, there were horses, there was you know, a lot of farmland. That's what we're just coming back to. Um, and in the United States, I think the United States, if we're going back to the solar flare, the nuclear thing happens, then I don't know. Um, but, right. the, but the solar flare taking out all the power and everything like that, the United States would prosper. Again, there'd be a lot of death, but the United States would prosper, they would survive. Uh, so would all these other countries that have that that capability. But again, going back to third world countries that don't have that capability, who can't farm, who do rely on countries like ours to do the farming for them and get their food to them, you'll see a lot of them just slip off to the wayside. They're not going to be surviving. As a matter of fact, I, think some I would of dare them say, will. some of them maybe, but I dare say the vast majority of third world countries will actually perish. It's the first world countries that do have the preparedness and the financial backing that gave them that preparedness. To continue on, we became a superpower, for example, for a reason. It wasn't just because we sprouted money on trees; we worked for it. In mm-hmm. Right, right. So we do have a better leg up um, versus some like Nicaragua or really Mexico in mm. general. Or yeah, but conversely, yeah, I got third world countries are used to having nothing. That's true. They are. So they might be better off than we are in some ways. In also, some ways. if you take away the aid that we're giving to Ethiopia, if you take away the aid that we're giving to Sudan where things are bad or whatever, I don't know all the countries, but you take away that aid, what happens? They start learning, they might die off, a lot of them, but they start learning how to fend for themselves. I think they'll move because I mean, a lot of places they're in countries. There would be a mass migration. They don't do it now because they have help. It's just like people that are on welfare. They're not, you know, if they don't actually need welfare, but they're staying on it because. It's easy. It's easy. I can stay on welfare and yeah. not work, and you know. But if the United States cut off the welfare, they go get a damn job because they have to survive. That's true. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they would all die entirely, but I do think that yes, there would be a mass exodus. From the that would be a good thing. You see that with the Syrians right now, and just war. Uh, but as far as as far as the the country as a whole, I think the country as a whole is just screwed. All these world countries. They cannot support themselves. They're third world for a reason. They're not first. They're, they don't have power. They're not first world countries. They're not second world countries. They're third world countries. They require help. Um, if we didn't help them, or if the other nations didn't help them, now is our help keeping them as a third world country? It very well could be. That's 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 true. Is that part of the politics, the geopolitical yeah. positioning? That I would, I, would, I would dare say so. Yeah, I would dare say so. Yeah. Um, I, I actually think that let's say that I'm in someplace where I know that there's a group of natives and I can just go and ask for help. They're the ones that are, you know, they're hunter-gatherer people because there's still hunter-gatherer people out there. 
Just yeah. don't go to that island off India. The Aboriginals. I'd be like, excuse me, yeah. I will help you if you will teach me your ways. And then all of a sudden, poof, and I might be their dinner. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But, I mean, have you seen but you know what? Then I don't yeah. have to worry about it because I tried. The other they way, ate me. The other way. <laughs> Alex says they might not be nice. All right. They <laughs> might not be nice. Yeah. My goal. It sounds like for you. If there is a CME, like whatever. And the power goes out, and there's a triple triple down effect. If you had the right culture, where you have a, I'm willing to work, and I'm willing to work hard, and I'm willing to share and help others, but no work, no food. But you also need a certain amount of natural resources to right. work with. Yeah. So if you're in the middle of the desert, on a horse with no name, um, it doesn't matter if you have great <laughs> ethics and great work skills. You have nothing to work with. Yeah, there's no right. water. There's no water. If you if you're if you're starving or if you're dying of thirst or you don't have shelter, uh, certain things to work with, it'll be much more difficult. Right. But if you have the right combination of things, those places can survive and do well. Start over again. So I guess um, really, Mesopotamia. Really, there's no, there there there's no real balance in There's no balanced indifference here. Meaning, there are other there are things that are going to make either one bad. If you are in, in China, you are, are in a bad situation because there's too many of you mm. and you're too close together. If you are in the United States, you know, again, it's just almost the same situation. There are too many and you're too close together. While you may have these, the ability to farm, you may have the ability to get your water and do this, you're also facing off with enemies every day, more yes. or less. Well, Whether it's yeah. another person or it's a disease from a gross amount of people who have died in one section, you know, and that's the other thing disease, uh, sickness is going to wipe out probably the vast majority of people or violence, I think, or even starvation, to be honest with you. I think sickness is going to wipe out the vast majority of people, especially people in big cities. Big cities would be the absolute worst place to be during an event like this. Say New York, for example, all it's going to take is one person to be a carrier of one violent within six months. You see well, half of the city dead. Well, you think about those people who are going to lock themselves into their homes and die. Well, they're just yeah. the breeding ground for bacteria. Right. Yep. You know, and next thing you know, the rats are in there eating them, the fleas are doing this, everything's moving around, and the rats don't stay in one room. So it's not even like, you know, if nobody's getting rid of that, yeah. Then yeah. that's that's just a, yeah. a disease bomb. Yeah. If you're I mean, fortunate enough to be in the right size town in the right location, right. then you may not suffer as much. If you're in, unfortunate enough, be inside the subway tunnel when there's a flood. Right. You can only hold your breath for so long. Uh, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. This, you know, this may be very unfortunate for you. If you're in an airplane, you know, maybe going down. Um, but I think that people will survive, and I think that there will be um, a rebuilding phase. And it's just a matter of whether yeah. you're prepared and can get to where it's a good place. Right. And I think that people would try. I think for the sole purpose sure. of, you know, life finds a way. And ultimately, you know, there are going to be people who don't want to try. There are going to be people who are like, why should I do this? And they're going to use that one bullet to take care of themselves. Or they're just going to go suffer somewhere, take a bunch of pills, whatever the case may be. But then there's a good-sized group of people who are going to say, absolutely not. I have to rebuild something. I'm going to stick around and see what's up. I mean, the quality now, of life might be uh, such that. Well, the thing is, is what is your acceptable quality of life? I mean, you know, once my diabetes takes over my body, once my, which it might well, not, because I'm not going to have a lot of sugar to eat. Right. I'll be doing a lot of walking, apparently. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it may not, but high blood pressure, any diseases that people have, stuff like that, they're going to get worse. Right. And the quality of life is going to suck for them. Well, quality of life will change for everybody. I mean, right, air conditioning, so. heating, you know, you're, you're, we, we love our AC. Yeah. You guys love the AC. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but when there's no power, there's no AC. You know, you can figure out how to heat stuff. With That's the worst thing you've said during this whole time. I know. <laughs> when you dig a hole, well, you get cold. Oh, so now you <laughs> want to die, huh? <laughs> no. oh, guys, as, I, as I've proven to myself, I mean, you can get used to a time. Yeah, well, but this all, I mean, if you think about it, it's too, always room and we've gone back to, 
this goes back to probably another episode at one point um, when we were talking about, do you stay or do you go when this happens, you know, do you stay in uh, Minnesota right now where it's very, yeah, very cold? It would be a mass exodus. In yeah. The South. Oh, and yeah. It, and a lot of this is going, a lot of people are going to realize just like, you know, they did for years is that you're not, you no longer live in one place. You live in multiple places, depending on the times of the year. Can you grow and harvest in this location versus moving to this location where you can grow and harvest in a different season? And so temperature and climate and weather and all those things are going to, they're going to have to think about those things. Um, You're not going to be, I mean, AC, you know, do you want to be in the middle of the desert with no AC or do you want to move north where it's cooler, you know, for the summertime? So, I mean, People will just, in a lot of ways, just revert back to the way things used to be until they can tell that there's a, there's the ability to settle again when they start figuring out that they can, you know, you know how we get the grid back. Okay, up, it's getting cold. Getting Let's things. go to our summer camp. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you also have people like that. What's that show where they live up in Alaska? There's a lot of like the Bush people. Oh, like I last frontier. There's a whole bunch yeah, of people. Yeah, but I mean, they have like their own little hovel. They are able to do this and yeah. do that. So those people would be like, <laughs> to the rest of yeah. us. Well, <laughs> yeah, but if they didn't have modern even, machinery and right. didn't have fuel supplies and this, that, and the other, they wouldn't be able to do it. Say, yeah. Because when was the last time you saw an Inuit put down any kind of row of corn? Yeah. Well, not even that. They ain't going to do it. The yeah, supplies yeah. that they do get, if they don't, if they're not able to grow them or maintain them or manufacture them themselves, they're flown in. Yeah. Right. But once I upon mean, they a get time, trained people, loads of stuff all I, the time. I hate to say it, but once there. upon a time, people live there without that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they did. About less than what's there. Right. But what I'm saying is there it's were, possible. it's possible. No, it and, possible. And there were people, yeah. there, there has to be, you know, some history of how they did things. Yeah. Huge <laughs> supply chains. You well, know, no, no. I'm talking before. I mean, she's talking like when they came across Bering Strait. Well, so, next time you watch you know, one of those well, shows, think to yourself. <laughs> they kept coming. Well, that's the thing. Because I'll be like, you know, oh yeah, we're out here in the bush and we're we're living the hard life. Can you deliver some more goods to us tomorrow? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll, be, I'll meet you at the train tracks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not to mention if some of these people, some of the let's take Alaska for example, or any of these northern states right now that are facing negative degree temperatures mm. towards Wyoming. Yeah. So let's just say something like this happened in the night and the heat goes out and they're asleep. <coughs> they oh wake up in the morning? Probably not. Yeah. Depends on how much vodka they've had. They ain't waking <laughs> up and they alive. No. They ain't waking up. They're dead. That's going to be a whole state of dead people. And right there. That's a whole state. So well, yeah. hopefully they've got some kind of I mean, I, I would, if I was going to live someplace like that, I've got alternative heat source. I've got, yeah. I've got a loop stove. Well, my my sister-in-law and her husband, they live in Wyoming and it gets cold where they are. So they have, you know, like kerosene heaters and mm. things like that. Right. Wood stoves, wood, yeah, right. fireplaces, use the hell out of them. Because yeah. they're saving right. electric anyway. And you would yeah. still see them. I mean, you, you might see a couple of, well, you see a good chunk of them <coughs> that will survive through a night. But eventually they're going to start looking at their heat supply as crucial as their food supply. There right. Not only we're running out of this, we're running out of heat, and we have three nights before we got to get somewhere warmer. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, by the way, our car doesn't run, so we're gonna have to walk. So you, do you think we can survive three days and nights walking in negative fifty-five degrees? We have to find something to keep warm. Um, There's a lot of different preps, I guess you need to do for different areas. Because yeah. you know, if I live in the desert, I live someplace where it's always hot. I probably have something the equivalent, uh, or I would like to have something the equivalent of a uh, root cellar, because you know if you go under the ground, sixty-seven degrees. Right, right. You know, uh, I mean that's not a bad idea, even where in the middle of the country, you know, right where we're at, or you know, just basically in that midline. Right, even where it's like fifty-five, you go deep enough in the ground, you're clean. Yeah, sure. Sure. So, I mean, something like that is relatively easy to accomplish. I mean, it's a, it, it takes time and effort, but and it's something you want to do ahead of time. But I think that most people who even think about the fact that, okay, I live in a tundra of some sort, they know that you can lose your power for this, you can lose your power for that, and it could be a week before you get it on. So I think that they're well, I mean, they're pretty well prepared or they're dead already. Yeah. You know, or they're going to the neighbor's house. Like, well, we're gonna freeze to death if we stay here, Mabel. 
Let's go over Fred's place. Okay. You know, but Fred's going to take him in because <laughs> Mabel's hot or whatever. I don't know. She makes good pie. Mabel makes good pie, yes. And 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 apparently um, pancakes. Mabel makes good pancakes, too. That's what I hear. Mabel makes good pancakes. Uh-huh. Or is that Mabel? No. That's maple. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's that's syrup. Oh. Goes on a lot of things. I think there's a lot of people <coughs> who have already lived in those places. They know, like, there are people who have lived in Alaska for a long time, and minus 55 is something that they've seen in their yeah. lifetime. Right. And they realize, you know, you, there are going to be those days. So when it's summer, you prepare um, exactly how they prepare. I don't know. But there's there are people who would would get through that i yeah. think that that uh, if there's a cme event we are all trying to survive we would just need to try and get to the right place at the right time so that you avoid the masses of people but you're not deserted you're someplace where there is food there are supplies right. there are friendly enough people who are like-minded um because you could you could get someplace where they appear to be friendly but you know your dinner you're just dinner. Oh, this is like a perfect segue into the next part of this this whole pot, this whole thing, right? Because, like, do you have a group? Do you not have a group? Right, right. Yeah. Do you, so, so, do you want to slip into that? So that's what, you yeah. know, slip in. We're gonna slip into part of episode. Yeah. Of the that's next a perfect episode. segue, Patrick. <laughs> so, assuming that you do have a plan, uh, and have an assembled group, or you've been slipped into a group, right? That is somebody trusts or can trust. What's next? Do you set up a chain of command? Or and do, when you do set that up, or if you do set that up, or you're just gonna go all willy-nilly, do you, or do you already have one predetermined? And do you believe that you're better off with one head honcho or a committee to kind of make decisions to help people uh, help your groups maintain your groups well-being? I think it's both and. Yeah. I think, yeah, you got to have someone, a dude, maybe it doesn't have to be a dude, but it has to be someone who is the ultimate, like, decision maker. But I don't think that you should have just this one guy making all decisions all by himself. Yeah, he'd be killed pretty quick if that's the case. Yeah. Right. Well, and it, it you know, pe- people are flawed. They're going to make mistakes. Sure. And so having a committee of people around him that can help him to make decisions or help to make the decisions that he will enforce one way or the other you got to do it that way because um like you know like you said i mean at some point if he makes enough mistakes they're just going to take him out anyway and replace him or on top of that if you don't have someone else you know in a hierarchy of some kind then when something un you know something happens to him that's unforeseen you know maybe he gets mauled by a bear i don't know whatever then somebody's got to take on the next to take that role i mean you, you don't want to you don't want to have somebody that's not ready to step into that place it's already been part of this little small government that we're having right um because if you don't have somebody to step right in then you're going to have more chaos and nobody needs that when there's already chaos all around you so that's part of i think that would be a very important part you know like after you've gotten your your kit and your people and your supplies and all that kind of stuff i think like right away you need to set that up yeah, you got to start set up a hierarchy. At first, it can't be complicated. It's got to be simple. Yeah. By having one person in charge who seems to know what they're doing, but then the fear is eventually that person's going to start making mistakes and they're power hungry. Mm-hmm. So because power corrupts well, every I, single time. I, I think a wise that... leader would set up quickly an infrastructure and a, a system to have a continual replacing and checks and balances. I think that if you already got a plan. And you've already got a group that you should already have that set up. You should already just have determined, okay, this is the leader, leader, mm-hmm. and these are the leader's advisors. Yeah, I know. mean, it should be it should be part of your your prepping. I mean, yeah, right. You know, if if you already have a group of people that you're counting on in case this happens, right? It's totally different if you get if sucked you up into a group, into or if you get if, you know some if you're five six people that are all alone you have to form a group you know, okay so let's different. just say that that happened so you get sucked into a group and nobody's really they're just kind of doing their thing nobody's really the leader mm-hmm. but you don't know them well enough to take charge 
Yeah. You know, would you stay with that group or would you go try to find something else? Or I think, well, I mean, I guess there's so many different scenarios. That could well, this kind of brings up this. You could also bring up now we can talk about the lone wolves. You know, it's like, are you going to have the lone wolf mentality that you're only, first of all, you're by yourself, no matter where you are, whether you're with people or not, because that's the mentality of a lone wolf. I'm going to be me. I'm going to, I mean, it's an oxymoron anyway. A lone wolf is kind of a thing because wolves are packs. So you're supposed to be right. with a pack. So the whole <laughs> idea is kind of weird anyway, but ultimately I think that if that's the mentality that you have, you're probably not going to survive along anyway, because on, you can't survive on your own you can for a while, but I mean, at some point you're going to have to integrate back into some sort of, some sort of society. Then on the other hand, if you go into a group and you never really become part of the group, then you're going to get eaten up by everything that's going on around you. I don't think that you can survive in a place like that. So I think the smart thing to do would be to, you know, if, if you find yourself in a lone wolf situation and you come upon a group, you know, try to see how things work. I mean, it may not be the group for you. Right. I mean, you know, like if you're not the type that is going to rape and pillage, then you probably don't want to be part of that group. Right. But yeah, no. you know, you may have to hang out with that group for a little bit. I don't think I would. Get to where I, th- you I think need to go. if I realized you're a rape and pillage group, I think I'd be dipping real yeah, quick. You gotta be, but, you, but you got to be careful though too, because how do you dip without them? Raping and pillaging. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can't I, just. I think that at that point, if, if you're that questionable about somebody that. I mean, because you can last a certain amount of time as a lone wolf. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. You, you know, you right. could go and, and and do that kind of thing. I think that if I saw a group, I would have to stalk them. That's probably smart, yes. Right. I'd have to kind You'd of have to stay scout them. them. You scout yeah, them. Scout you them. Find out what they are about. Right. And so if I unwill- unwittingly, like, let's say they were all being good and kind until suddenly I'm there for three days and they're like, Hey, check that place out. Let's go and uh, rape and pillage. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to rape the town and pillage the women. And it's just, <laughs> then, uh, I don't think that's how this works. <laughs> that's not how this works. So how how this works. works. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, if that's the point, if, if it's at that point, then unfortunately I'd have to let them do what they were going to do because I can't stop a group. All that's, by my onesies, but I mean, honestly, but I dip. I I figure yeah. out how to dip. That's kind of how you know we got started. We got people came here, and this is a great place. And then a lot of people throughout the world were like, "Eh, things kind of suck where I'm at. I don't know if I can go with this. I don't know if I go with that. Let's find a new place that's more like us." And they yeah get on a boat and they came here, and you know, um, they became part of us. Right. And I think to a smaller degree, we would all kind of do that. We would find a group that is us. If the group starts to stray from where your morals, your values are, and you're like, time to go check out the next town. Yeah. Right. You know, well, I yeah. think you, I hopefully think, you can do that without too much strife. Right. Yeah. Because there's going to be a gang mentality of once you're in, who is, yeah. who is us? Right. Yeah, well, because with you, you don't take our secrets with you. Yeah. Well, it's also um, people are a resource. So, I mean, if you've got a group of 10 people and one of them dips out, now you're in the single digits. 10% less. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not great. So that's one less person to do whatever needs to be done, you know? So, yeah, they look at it that way as well. People are a resource. It's the way it is. So, but on a, let's think in a more like, positive way like let's say you got some good groups of people and nobody's right. raping and pillaging and all that kind of stuff i mean what is a good what is a good way to run that group right well i mean I, i'm a big fan of committees i do understand there needs to be a head to the committee right you know but if i'm sitting here and i know the property really well and i know what i have and i know this and i know that but you know that you're out there dealing with these people and you know that we need to, to, to create, we need to fill a void for a particular need that I don't necessarily get. And you know that there is another resource that we could get to. And I, I, I don't know about that resource. Well, all by my onesies, knowing everything about the particular property, I can't, so I can't provide as well as I could if you're coming and saying, look, this is a, yeah. this is a need that needs to be met. 
oh, okay, so how do we meet that? I don't know. And then he shows up and says, this is how we meet it. Now we have to find out, okay, so you have, we have to figure out how to make this happen. Right. So it's way better in, in regards of, as far as I'm concerned, to go, okay, it's a committee. Now I can see that it might be okay to, or okay to say, well, because you built this whatever, you already had this part, now you get to go tell them that we're doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can see that. But I also think that you need to take you need to always be involved with the people who are you're trying to assist. It's kind of like I well, like- I mean, that's what a good leader does. I mean, a good leader is someone who is not someone who just it's my idea, it's my way, we're doing it this way, no matter what. Right. A good leader takes the because people are a resource, they take and everybody has their own um visions and they have their own abilities and they have their own ideas that Right. All of those things need to come together in order for a community to work together. So a good leader is not necessarily someone who always makes the decisions. He's the one who enforces the decisions that have been made. Right. So if the committee has come together and said, we're going to do it this way, then he's the guy that makes sure that it gets done that way. Right. So I think that that's really probably, I mean, in my opinion, I think that would be the best way to run. I think it's kind of a, yeah. yeah I like mean, kind of grassroots, but I do think yeah. at that point you do need okay so he's the one that enforces it he or she is the one that enforces it but that's not necessarily going to be the case because let's say that you have a group of 50 people and five of them want to revolt so they're running they're doing this they're doing that Mm -hmm. and they're trying to steal from the rest of them because i can see that happening yeah Mm -hmm. now you need a security force well yeah so inside those 50 people you're going to need five or ten of them to be your security force and probably part of those people are on that committee Mm, yeah you also got to hope that they're not the ones trying to take all your shit. Yeah, well, then you you treat you sneak into their tent in the middle of the night and take care of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And feed them extra special pancakes with maple syrup. With maple. <laughs> <laughs> with maple syrup. Oh no. Maple, did you make that syrup again? That's terrible. Maple. We need another syrup. batch of the syrup. The syrup. Yeah. There's there's all kinds of leadership issues and. Uh, Sometimes you're going to need a military <coughs> general, and other times you're going to need somebody for this, you know, kumbaya. Yeah. It's all just come together. That's the art, the skill of finding the right person at the right time. Right. And how you go back and forth. I think you always have to be worried about the mob mentality where 51% says we all vote to take your stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of, that can be a, a scary thing. So it can't just be let's put it all up to vote um because you know that's, right that's a, you that's need a, a core thing. you need a core group you need a, a core group of leaders yeah you need a, a group of leaders that gets rotated often but um leadership and involvement from everyone right mm-hmm. and you definitely need somebody who's out there in the little community finding out everything you well need, i think you should always everybody should be everyone should feel that we're all vested and sticking this out together. Right. And, um, you know, that kind of mentality, because once you start getting groups of people that are like, hey, we're going to go it on our own, we're going to take so and so's stuff and share it amongst us. It's a, <laughs> a slippery hill. Yes, that's a slippery, slippery, slippery hideous slip. Okay, so we managed to kill the hour, kids. Yeah. Once you guys get going, it's not hard. I mean, right. Well, we could keep going. I'm like, I know. I'm like, I know. It starts off it. really slow, though, and then you guys pick up speed. Yeah. You yeah. Well, and you get louder, too. I love it. Now I'm wondering if Mabel's syrup is sticky enough to keep you from sliding down the slope. It could be, but it's also poison. Wait. No, it's Mabel. It's maple. maple syrup. Maple syrup. There's maple syrup. That's the <laughs> there's maple, maple syrup. And, there's and you do not want maple syrup on your flapjacks. Yeah. Stay away from the maple. There's a joke there I don't get, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea that maple is making syrup bothers me. Okay, so we're... Her pie's okay, though. We've totally eaten up episode five and six in this one. Oh, we did? Yeah, we did. Oh, we, sweet. We did. So we're going to move on to seven in two weeks. Two weeks. In two weeks. And uh, that this is a tricky one. Okay. If at all possible, would you help outsiders who needed food, water, and supplies? Don't answer it yet. 
if you don't know them. Uh, what if they said they wanted to join your group? Can they like, dance? Because yes. at some point we're going to need entertainment. Maybe. How, how would you vet such a person? Well, that's obviously answered now. Chris just wants to know if they can dance. Oh God! I'm sure. I'm sure there are more serious reasons to ask that now, question. This, this is important, and everybody really think about this because to me, this is a tough one. You have a problem killing another human being if you thought they were a threat to your supply. Uh, what if someone? What if it was someone you knew, not an enemy, but maybe someone? you knew to be the type of person who has an excuse for everything who is generally self-centered and lazy but not unkind uh, or someone who is amazingly dependent on others uh, though they're able-bodied could you actually kill such a person if they just wouldn't go away mm. if not how would you deal with them okay so that time. is that is don't answer Stop. it now. i'm keeping my mouth shut right Stop. right that is through thought that is two weeks from now in the meantime be safe how many Everybody? more episodes do we have left? Um, okay, wait a minute. Because now we've sucked, yet. we've sucked up two, so right, we're we on seven. Two. So we were on seven. So we have seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. All right. And then it's back to break channel thirteen and Jack and Miller. Jack and Miller. <laughs> yeah, well, Jack and Miller. Yeah. Why need That's that? it. Jack and, and Miller, the only two important people. In this no, show. no, man. Max is going to totally Max, come out this Max season. Is talking about Max. Well, he's, he's the evil guy. He's the killer. He's the bad guy. He's awesome. Why do we got to give him any kind of whatever? The bad guy might be awesome. The There's a lot of us that yeah. enjoy the villains. I know. I do. I do. Yeah, I, awesome. I, I know. <laughs> I do like the villains. Oh, is that like? Okay. Yeah. Say bye. Huh? Okay. Oh, she's entertaining because she wants to Everybody, join the group. Now I, you want to join the group. Well, thank you for joining us. See you in two weeks. Could you kill somebody? Toodles. <laughs> Bye.